You're listening to Standing in the Gap. Standing in the Gap is a weekly podcast dedicated to the exposition of scriptures. I'm your host and podcast preacher, Brandon Harrell. I'm the pastor of Bethesda Baptist Church in East Flat Rock, nestled here in the mountains of Western North Carolina, where I've served for the past 10 years. I pray the podcast will bless your life as we study God's Word together. All right, this is Preacher Brandon. It's good to be with you again for another Standing in the Gap. We are studying the Gospel of Matthew, and we intend to go through this Gospel verse by verse. And this is our 11th week in this study. Actually, I think this might be the 12th week altogether uh, in this study of the Gospel of Matthew. And we're still looking at the genealogy of Jesus Christ. We've noticed several things about this genealogy. We thought about some goals of this genealogy. Matthew is establishing for his Jewish audience the lineage and the legal right that Christ had, not only back to Abraham, but back to David as rights to sit on the throne. We notice some gaps in the genealogy. He says there are three sections of 14 generations. Of course, we noticed that there were some names missing. We uh, observed those. We saw some things concerning those gaps. And now we're looking at the grace in this genealogy. And so far, we've seen that there is grace for those who are scattered. He mentions in verse 2, Judas and his brethren. We talked about the state of the Jews at the time that this was written, at the time that the Lord Jesus came on the scene and how that they were scattered abroad. But though they were, God had not forgotten them. God was aware of where they were, and God still had intentions, good intentions for his people. Then we saw that there's grace in this genealogy for the sinner. We saw several notable names of sinners um, mentioned here. We saw Judas and Tamar mentioned that awful sin. We talked about Rahab, often called Rahab the harlot. I'm glad there's grace for those who are called up in sexual sin. Then we thought, saw it with David and Bathsheba. Of course, David committed adultery with Bathsheba and then had her husband murdered in an effort to cover up the fact that he had had an affair with her and that she was pregnant with his child. But their names are still mentioned in this genealogy to remind us that the Lord is willing to be associated with sinners who would repent and who would believe his gospel. We saw that there's grace for the stranger. We mentioned Ruth and we mentioned Rahab. They're in this genealogy. And we talked about the fact that we as Gentiles were alienated from the commonwealth of Israel. We were separated from God. But Christ has torn down the middle wall of partition, and now we are able to have access to God. On the last time, we looked at there is the fact that there is grace for the soldier. We saw it in that name there. Uh, at the end of verse 6, David the king begat Solomon of her that had been the wife of Urias. We talked about Uriah being a faithful servant, a faithful soldier in David's army. And uh, despite everything that happened to him, he's written here in this genealogy, though he had no link to Christ, though he had no link to Christ's adoptive father Joseph, God put his name here. And uh, we find that there's grace for the soldier. We are soldiers in God's army. We are called to be good soldiers and to be faithful unto death, uh, not to entangle ourselves with the affairs of this life. But now I want to hone in on a name that we've looked at already, but it's found in verse 12. 
And it says there, and after they were brought to Babylon, Jeconias begat Salathiel. Now, Jeconias is familiar to us already. We recognize that we studied him uh, beginning in verse number 11 as the grandson of Josias. Of course, this was that Jeconiah of the Old Testament that Jeremiah mentioned who had that curse upon him, that curse upon Konai, referring to this same individual, that none of his posterity would sit upon the throne of David. And so there was that curse. We talked about how that the Lord had bypassed that curse, still had rights to the throne, but was not affected by the curse uh, because he was not the actual son of Joseph. God had brought him around that curse, uh, enabling him to sit upon the throne of David. But there's something further that we can learn about Jeconiah here. And it's found for us in the book of Second Kings, chapter number 24, and then another few verses in chapter 25. And I want to read the verses in 24, and then go to chapter 25 and just mention a few things about this Jeconias. Now, he is called Jehoiachin in the text in which we'll read. That is the Hebrew uh, word, the translation of the Hebrew word in our authorized version. In Second Kings 24, verse 10 through verse 15. Those are the verses that I want to read there. It says, At the time that the servants of Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, came up against Jerusalem, and the city was besieged. And Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, came against the city, and his servants did besiege it. And Jehoiachin, the king of Judah, went out to the king of Babylon, he and his mother and his servants and his princes and his officers. And the king of Babylon took him in the eighth year of his reign, and he carried out thence all the treasures of the house of the Lord and the treasures of the king's house and cut in pieces all the vessels of gold which Solomon the uh, king of Israel had made in the temple of the Lord as the Lord had said and he carried away all Jerusalem and all the princes and all the mighty men of valor even ten thousand captives and all the craftsmen and smiths none remained save the poorest sort of the people of the land and he carried away Jehoiachin to Babylon and the king's mother and the king's wives and his officers and the mighty of the land, those carried he into captivity from Jerusalem to Babylon. And so here is the account of the captivity of the last king of Israel, who is Jehoiachin. And the Bible tells us about this Jehoiachin, or Jeconias, in verse 11 of our text in Matthew. And Josias begat Jeconias and his brethren, about the time they were carried away to Babylon, and after they were brought to Babylon, Jeconias begat Salathiel. And so he was the last king. He got brought into Babylonian captivity there in Second Kings 24. And it appears that Nebuchadnezzar was very cruel toward him. He had locked him up. He carried him captive and put him into prison. But it's interesting what we read in the last few verses of the final chapter of Second Kings. Second Kings Chapter number 25, beginning in verse number 27. It says, And it came to pass in the seven and thirtieth year of the captivity of Jehoiachin, king of Judah. So 37 years Jehoiachin has been captive. Nebuchadnezzar brought him in. It was the eighth year of his reign. He has spent 37 years now in the darkness of the prison in Babylon. 
And in the 37th year, in the 12th month, on the 7 and 20th day of the month, that evil Merodach, king of Babylon, in the year that he began to reign, did lift up the head of Jehoiachin, king of Judah, out of prison. Now, evil Merodach, he is the son of Nebuchadnezzar. He has now taken the throne, and one of his first acts as king is to, quote, lift up the head of Jehoiachin. It tells us in verse 28, And he spake kindly to him, and set his throne above the throne of the kings that were with him in Babylon, and changed his prison garments. And he did eat bread continually before him all the days of his life. And his allowance was a continual allowance given him of the king, a daily rate for every day all the days of his life. Here we find grace for the slave, grace for Jehoiachin. I would remind you that one of the reasons he wound up in this captivity is because he rebelled against those who had taken dominion over him. He put up with it for a while, and so did his fathers, but he had rebelled against those who were over him. And so Nebuchadnezzar put him in bonds, put him in prison, took him captive, made a slave out of him. And then uh, in that position for 37 years, evil Merodach spake kindly to him, brought him out, lifted lifted up his head, brought him out of the prison, And the Bible says that he changed his prison garments and he did eat bread continually before him all the days of his life. And his allowance was a continual allowance given him of the king, a daily rate for every day, all the days of his life. So here was a man who was in prison. He was bound by uh, his rebellion. He was bound by those that had taken him captive. And I see in him a picture of the sinner lost without God who has been taken captive by the devil at his will. We were rebels toward God, the devil took our uh, took our freedom away and humanity is born in bonds we are born without any liberty without any freedom we are bound by our nature we are bound by our wills we are bound by our flesh and our desires and we are sinners by nature we are sinners by choice and we are locked up in that prison the Bible tells us that we're dead in trespasses and in sins we're taken captive by the devil at his We're as the blind man in John chapter 9. We cannot see the light of day. But here we find that this evil Merodach, uh, king of Babylon, had mercy on Jehoiachin. Joseph Benson wrote this. He said, The Jews tell us that he had himself been imprisoned uh, by his own father after the latter was restored from his insanity for some maladministration at that time, and that in prison he contracted a friendship for Jehoiachin, and therefore, as soon as he had it in his power, showed him this kindness as a sufferer and as a fellow sufferer. So we're thinking about that. If evil Merodach had spent time in the jail with Jehoiachin and then at his first opportunity had delivered him, isn't there a picture there for us of the Lord Jesus becoming flesh and dwelling among humanity, taking on him the nature, not of angels, but of Abraham, taking on him the seed of Abraham, the nature of humanity, suffering as we have suffering, being tempted in all points like as we are tempted, being carried about 
to the cross of Calvary and laying down his life for us. We see him suffering for us there. But here's what is interesting. It says he spake kindly to him. He spake good things, pleasant things to him, and spoke to him of grace. And it says, and he changed his prison garments. He gave him a new robe. He gave him new clothes. And friend, there we were robed in the rags of our sin and our unrighteousness, unable to please God, despised in the sight of God because of our wrath, uh, because of his wrath towards sin and our unholiness and our unrighteousness. But the Lord Jesus lifted up our heads, spake kindly to us, died for us, uh, drew us to himself in love, and now he has robed us with the righteousness that is his own, and we have new garments. And it says, and his and he, he did eat bread continually before him all the days of his life. He brought him into his uh, inner circle. He brought him to his table, and he supped with him, and he fed him there, as the Lord does his people. He says, if any man will open the door, I stand at the door and knock. If any will open unto me, I will come in unto him, and will sup with him. And the Bible says, and his allowance was a continual allowance given him of the king a daily rate for every day all the days of his life even Morodak brought him out of jail put on him a new a new robe of righteousness if you will and then made sure that he had everything he needed from that day forward he had a daily allowance and all the days of his life his needs were met isn't that exactly what the Lord does for us he meets our needs day by day. Give us this day our daily bread is, uh, is what he instructed us to pray. And he will do just that. If we'll just trust him, depend upon him, he'll take care of all of our needs. He's given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness. We are well equipped in the Savior today. I'm thankful for the fact that there is grace for the slave. Slaves to sin, but now redeemed and set free. In Christ. What a blessing. Till next time, this has been Preacher Brandon. God bless you. Thanks for tuning in to the podcast today. I hope it's been a blessing to you. If you'd like to contact me, you can find our church's website at www.BethesdaBaptistEastFlatRock.com. You can also follow me on Twitter at PreacherB underscore BBC. If you'd like to watch our services live streamed, you can do that on Facebook at Bethesda Baptist East Flat Rock. God bless you till we meet again.